we going to do tonight, Pinky? I don't know, Bray. <laughs> the same thing we do every night, Pinky. What did that show originally air on? What WB. was it? Uh, yeah. yeah. I always watched it on like cassette yeah. tape. So <laughs> I, I didn't know like what it was on when it was. That's most of the shows that are like like Magic School. I don't know what Magic School Bus was on. What was oh, that? That's PBS. Yeah, that's PBS. What about what was what was the one with the little the beagle who like read books and went back in time? That's probably after way after our like time of watching children's TV. Those called they were phenomenal. They did like one that was like Rip Van Winkle. Like and, but, so I was probably from the age of Benji. Do you know? No, no? I know what that no? is, but okay. no, not Benji. Oh well. <laughs> so much time separates you and I. <laughs> <laughs> I had a high schooler this week go. I we were talking about this kid had a fishing club shirt on. Fishing club. Yeah, and so I was like, fishing club. Sweet. That's. I'm like, there's a fishing club at school. That's so cool. And I said, yeah, I had some friends. They they had boats and they went to Center Grove and they fished and. He was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, but I graduated in 2009. So, like, I doubt you have any idea who they are. And then one of the girls that was hanging around this guy said, oh, yeah, I was three years old then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Courtesy laugh. So hurtful. Oh, man. <laughs> well, welcome to the Sunday Recap, everyone. So glad that you joined us this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time you're listening to us. Um, we're going we're gonna to get into our, our sermon from this weekend, uh, Mitch stepping up last minute to, <laughs> to preach, uh, and we're going to talk about all that stuff. Um, but yeah, welcome in, you guys. Um, Ariel, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? I just I have to comment because uh, Mitch called me over the weekend and asked if I would fill in for him in students so oh, that sure. he could preach, and I was like, dude, I'm just not like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I just get really excited because if we're gonna find anybody who can do a last minute by the seat of his pants sermon, it is Mitch Green. That's true. He's and done I'm twice just now. so proud. Yeah. Twice in like the last year. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. We or two or right it was right before Infamous COVID. No, it was the week before COVID happened. Was that yeah, it was the it was. Sunday before mm-hmm. COVID. Wow. And uh yeah. That week was a little different though, because I had a we were in the middle of that class. That's right. So I just took And that. it was that morning. Yeah. I remember that. That oh. was an, at eight AM. Oh my goodness. It was eight AM. I walk in yeah. the door and I see you and Dave and they go, Scott's got kidney stones. And I yeah. look at you and I think exactly what I said was, Well, do you have anything? And you <laughs> yeah. said no. Nope. And I was like, Well, I've got this teaching for this class. I guess I could make a message out of it. Yeah. We're like, all right. So I went to the back of my office. Game on. Started working (laughs) on it. So what's funny is I actually, this happened a month ago too for a friend of mine in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Really? Um, Yeah. He had somebody that his church was supposed to preach and he was out of town who tested positive for COVID. So he called me on Friday and said, hey, can you come down and preach this weekend? Oh, wow. So, which that one you were already covering That one I did cover, yeah. So that did free me up to go. But yeah, so yeah, it's... It's crazy. It became a thing, I guess. This is going to be your your calling, man. I hope not. Churches (laughs) everywhere can call you. My wife will love the last minute. (laughs) Yeah, every Saturday is just ruined. You're you're prepping week to week. You just don't know where you're going to preach it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the worst part is I had two messages ready and neither one of them seemed right. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, we were doing suffering. We were working through the suffering servant prophecy with middle schoolers. We were supposed to launch that this week. Yeah. But a message for middle schoolers is very different from a message for adults. Yeah. 
And I was like, I did, this isn't like a one-off message. It was like a like a jump into a series. Yeah, you can't be like, here, we're just going to talk Here's about this prophecy couple is. verses of Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In yeah. BD, it'll be fine. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't like deep. that. Yeah. And then we were doing like a Q&A with high school. And so I was like, ah, neither one of those works. I was like, oh, we'll just... I mean, a Q&A on a Sunday morning might be kind of fun. Oh, yeah. goodness. Well, I, I attempted that one. I don't know if you remember this. I don't. I attempted it one time. Uh, this was very early in my time here, and I did a, a lesson on the, the resurrection. And in the middle of that, I just asked the congregation to throw out potential theories about the resurrection. It was mm-hmm. one of the funniest things that I've ever seen happen. So, like, this one kid had this theory. He was like, you know, what if it's kind of like Jesus was really dead, but then, like, his, the disciples were, like, kind of toting him around everywhere, like, hi, guys, I'm still alive. And I was like, oh, you mean, like, Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, the, and the, everyone started it was so oh, funny. that's <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what happened this weekend? So Scott gets COVID. We find out on Saturday, yeah. and then you got called in. Hey, you know, we, we had a phone call. It was it was you, me, yeah. and Derek talking to you guys. Yeah. Uh, and Mitch is like, "Hey, all right, let's go. I got this." Up. Yeah. No, honestly, I mean, I, I as you know, I I've in this podcast, I think I reference Second Corinthians probably like every third week. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's just, and it was just fresh on my mind. I was actually, I've been reading through James. And so in James chapter, you know, one, mm-hmm. it, I had me going back to Second Corinthians. And so right. it was just fresh on my mind. There was a sermon there. The best way I would put it was like, um, you know, I knew I had a sermon that I knew could be delivered and it was that passage. Yeah. Did it make, did it fit within what we were doing? No, (laughs) you know, Um, but the word was preached. So yeah. And so what's funny was, so I wrote, I pretty much wrote the whole sermon and then JC comes downstairs and she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like suffering. She goes, you just did that last July. And then for about half a second, I was like, did I write the same sermon twice? (laughs) I thought like I just wrote the exact same thing. Yeah. So then that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to need to watch that sermon because I might be starting over (laughs) like now. And then literally I was so thankful because if you watch it back, you know, which we're going to encourage you to do. I, all I said (laughs) was, here's another perspective that's pretty powerful. And then I read it and I move on. Okay. So it was like, oh, I didn't even talk about this. But it was like, so this becomes like an expansion of that. So then I was like, well, actually they work really. And it was towards the end of that sermon. And so I was like, yeah, this is like, actually these will work really well together. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and read this passage together, and um, and then I want to maybe just ask a few questions about this, and then we're uh, uh, c- kind of get to some application of all this. So, um, would one of you guys be up for reading the passage? All right. This is Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three through seven. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which we, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Thank you so much. So I guess my, my first question as we get started with this is, what should we consider to be suffering that's in line with what 
with what Paul is talking about here, because we are called in this passage, in this in this command, to then go and comfort others through it says any affliction, mm-hmm. right? So, so what would be what what could we consider to be a a, a suffering? That we're going through, that that God is going to comfort us in. Are there certain certain afflictions that uh, would not count for that? Like something that you know we did for ourselves. So like we stole something, go to jail. So we're suffering in jail. Like you mm-hmm. know, does that count in that? Like how how should we how should we think about these idea this idea of suffering? Hmm. I mean, this is one of those moments where I don't think there's like a deep theological separation between things like I I think it's any affliction even if it's self-inflicted affliction like Uh the fallout Mm -hmm. of your own sin I Mm -hmm. still think that there are um, those among the brotherhood who would be able to identify and and help Um, which is why we do prison ministries or right right. I was going to say the same thing because again um, it's you know, thinking through like prison ministry, uh-huh. if if you are able to comfort somebody in their affliction, but you're only comforting them from the power that comes through Jesus, yeah. from the God of comfort, mm-hmm. you know, then and then they experience comfort yeah. in their affliction right. that might have even been um, they might have caused themselves. Then that would imply again. I'm getting in like some really weird math equation here, but it's like <laughs> it's like that that would then imply that God is comforting them in their affliction that they that they caused even if he's using you to be the vehicle to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Meaning sure. that God is God is always the one comforting people in any affliction. Well, sure. I think Paul is very clear later in this letter and then also like in um in Romans even Romans 8:28 that that the goal is is to be um conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. And so I imagine that that this is included in that that any all things includes suffering of all yeah. Things. All things. All yeah. things. Sure. Um, w- I think we do want to make the point, though, that First Peter makes. So like First Peter 4, um, and I think it's like verse 15, somewhere around there, talks about this idea of like, hey, look, but don't be stupid. Like, yeah. don't, don't go and do things then that are going to cause you to suffer. Don't suffer mm-hmm. for, for the sake of evil. But suffer for righteousness' sake, right? So, like, so don't go out of your way to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> but at the same time, but yeah, I, I think there is. Uh, I think you're right. There is an inclusion of like God. No matter what we're going through, God does offer comfort to us, mm-hmm. uh, consolation, right? Well, I think I think again, if you if you view the letter from Paul writing, um, saying that his suffering validates his ministry. Mm-hmm. Then you then you will have that perspective that um, it really is all suffering, <laughs> but but again it's 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 the suffering that almost gives you the capacity to minister to other people. Yeah, going going through that yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a specification here from Paul that the suffering he is experiencing yeah. is directly related to his mm-hmm. ministry, mm-hmm. Um, and it it does seem like. Sometimes those who minister experience more um, conflict because on behalf of the gospel, and then those who are ministered to get to reap the benefit from it. And I think that's right. kind of what this letter is about, but is also encouraging to them. Absolutely. What are ways that we as Christians today experience suffering for the sake of the gospel? Um, 
like certainly it's not to the extent that Paul was experiencing it, mm-hmm. you know, being imprisoned in Philippi or mm-hmm. uh, run out of town or beaten or whatever, you know, like w- we don't see a lot of that, but um, what are ways that, that people, Christians today experience that kind of suffering? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, first off, I would say like Christians in America, you know, yeah, people, yeah. people are experiencing some of those things around the world. Absolutely. Um, but I would say for, for those of us that were not experiencing those things, um, I think I think the most recent thing I see is you know there's a, there's a loss in relationships often. Now I think sometimes there are believers who are who sometimes do things that they didn't have to lose that relationship. <laughs> you know, sure. like maybe it was the way they, way they managed something. But I have had conversations with people where um, they'll be standing for biblical truth out of a conviction um, that comes from Scripture, and somebody will say that that truth. Um, if they believe that they no longer can be in relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would say in that instance, okay, how does that minister to somebody else? Well, what a testimony for your children on standing, standing for truth, regardless of relationships, (laughs) you know, like, like there are, there are ways where like that, um, even that, you know, you're saying to like to maintain their relationship. No, so or so I'm what, saying what, what the willingness saying? to stand for truth, uh-huh. um, even if it comes at a cost of losing losing a, their relationship, a relationship okay. with somebody. Yeah, um, man, how often as a parent do you guys tell your kids like, "Hey, make sure you find good friends, and if they're not good for you, it's okay if they walk away." <laughs> you know, right, right. but then you have to practice that in your own life at mm-hmm, some sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we're seeing some of that. And I go, you know, that is, I, again, I've just seen that time and time again, mainly around the issue of like homosexuality. Um, right. I've seen, I've had two or two conversations this past year with people who someone has came to them and said, um, if you think that what I'm doing is a sin, we can no longer be friends mm. like that level. Like not just saying like, literally just that simple. Mm-hmm. And they go, we can no longer be friends. And that person is like, what do I do? You know? Yeah. And it's like, well, like you need to stand for truth, right? You know, but at the same time, you do need to say, like, hey, that's not that shouldn't be a barrier for our relationship. But if it is, yeah, then that you might lose that relationship. It's terrible to be put in that situation. Yeah, but uh, I've literally but, seen that twice, yeah. so it's not theoretical. But but I think on the other side of it too, we see Christians doing that then yep. to to nonbelievers as yeah. well, and or or whoever in that situation. So like. Um, so that's my point is, yeah, right. I think sometimes we do that to ourselves, yes. but there are situations I'm seeing more and more where people are losing relationships. Um, they're, you know, in the workplace, they're not being considered, you know, I've, see, I've seen this for things yeah. where, where they're not being considered for things based off of their beliefs, not invited to certain parties because of the way they think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think those are, you know, struggles. Those are sufferings in some sense. Um, but yet, um, I think it can be a testimony to those that you're willing to stand, um, for what's truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely known people whose spouses have left them because they, um, they, yeah. they believe the gospel and it happened mm. in their marriage and their heart was changed completely, and um, the spouse was like, "That's weird. I'm out." Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I had someone hard. on Sunday <clears throat> tell me they had a, they have a, they have a relative that will not talk to them anymore because they said they became a Jesus freak, <laughs> mm-hmm. like that simple, mm-hmm. you know. And you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know all the details of that story, but I'm like, yeah, that stuff that stuff's real. Like loss of relationships is probably mm-hmm. um, 
one of the more obvious sufferings. I think it should be convicting to us, though, to definitely think, is this something, am am I causing this? Am I doing everything I can to be at peace with others? Or am I, um, you know, am I acting out of sin and arrogance? Um, And am I the fragrance of Christ or am I... The fragrance mm-hmm. of me, which is stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like CK one. Yeah, I, I was thinking of some, some sort of perfume or something. Like that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, I I think this leads us to another really great point. So your one of your first points that you made, Mitch, on Sunday was about like who are we talking? You know, who who is talking here? You know, who are we talking about? And the who here is is God. I would just like to and, say that was fun. That was fun that you took us on that journey of who, who did does what? what, so I could do what, <laughs> and how do I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was. I felt like I was in a rap. You need notes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was really good. Does what? Hours. But I think your point there actually is really important in this conversation because the question here is really who is in control when we suffer, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what you brought out, and and the idea there is that. Really, in any type of suffering, we are forced to make a decision uh, about whether or not we are going to trust God or not. Are we going to trust his good character, that he, that, that he loves us, that he's in mm-hmm. control, and that he maybe has even allowed this thing in, into our life, right? He is, um, and, and, it's, it, and I would say in some cases even put it in our life mm-hmm. for our good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do we trust him? then at that point, yeah. or, or do we come back and we're like, why God, what did I do to deserve this? Why do, why are you putting this in my life? <laughs> you know, and our response in that moment ends up being uh, very telling about what we really believe at that mm-hmm. point. Like, uh, you know, so, so let's maybe just unpack that just for a second. What, what does our response show? Uh, yeah. You know, what does our response show about our faith? And then um, when it comes to how we respond, what what might be some of the ideal ways that we should respond when we encounter suffering? When we walk by faith and not by sight, which is pretty much the life of a believer, um, we are we are aligning ourselves with that that idea of just saying, "I'm going to trust the Lord." But I think that we have a lot of tangibles to lean on. We have yeah. the whole Scripture, the whole Council of Scripture on God's promise of His goodness and His faithfulness and His mercy to His people, and He does it so unfailingly that um, you know, when when we are rich in those deposits, it's easier to say, you know, while I can't see what you're doing, Lord, I can trust you because I know that you are good and that I that you have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's faith. Um, I've got a funny story because all this seems so like linked to Romans eight twenty eight. Oh yeah, guys, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Do you guys remember when we talked a few podcasts ago and I said we were house hunting and we had bid on a house and we'd lost it? Yeah. And we talked about how like a father, you know, would never hand his son a snake. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, he would give him a fish, right? And so I was saying like sometimes the things we ask for are snake like, you know, and I was like. But I know God is good, you know, and this is just a house. It's a light. It's not even really a burden. It's not a big deal. But, um, okay, so I heard back from neighbors Uh that know about this property, and it is full of snakes is what they Uh, said. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, I'm out. You know, like literally full of snakes. 
And I was like, okay, okay, Lord, yes. Yeah. Wow. I'm not usually like Talk about goofy the one to one. Too far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be careful That's what you wish for. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I get like, Chris, I think in suffering, it, it reveals our heart. It's kind of obvious, but it reveals our heart towards God. Um, it reveals our heart towards the situation. What are we really trusting in? Mm-hmm. We should be able to take stock of that. Yeah. That should be probably our first response yeah. is how how bad did this hit me? <laughs> you know, like how much did it really wreck me? Right. Um, how much did it bother me? Was I, was I able to trust in God? Um, I think I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, there was something I was wrestling through. I don't remember what it is now, but you know, like 48 hours later, I was kind of over it. And I was like, at first I was like, man, I can't believe it took you 48 hours to like get over it. Mm-hmm. But then I was also like, well, it only took me 48 hours to get over it. You know, I think that's a good process to like take stock of, how do you respond to how are you responding to the circumstance you found yourself in? The other thing I'll say too, and I tried to be careful of this on Sunday, is there is a time to grieve. There's a time to mourn. Um, there is a time to to be okay with sitting in your frustrations. I yeah. even found a few people in particular on Sunday that I wanted to make sure they heard that directly from me. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a time for that. Um, and I think that's 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 good. So it's taking stock of how you're feeling, how you're responding to the circumstance, I think is probably step one mm-hmm. in that. The second spot, again, as Ariel's saying, is walking by faith, putting your trust in God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, like that's kind of a response out of the sermon is for the believer. For the non-believer, it's saying this perspective is non-existent without a certain view of God. Yeah. <laughs> it's not existent for you. For the believer, it may be asking yourselves, were you walking in faith and trusting in God mm-hmm. or were you not? And now there's an opportunity to put your faith and trust back in mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. and then walk in that. Um, I think, I think again, it's not about overcoming the suffering as much yeah. as it's how is the suffering um, defining you? I don't remember who says this, but it's like the only way... Th- the only way through suffering is, is through it. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's walking in that, um, that faith. And so I think it's take stock, adjust your view of God, (laughs) you know, kind of adjust your compass and then walk forward. Mm -hmm. Um, and as you do that, I, I believe that God does grow you. Um, and I think there are people who have experienced tremendous suffering in their life and they can often go, no, my suffering helped me, um, be more faithful. Mm-hmm. Because it gave me that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. That, I think that's what we see from like Romans chapter five, verses three through five, where it talks about how our suffering produces then perseverance, yeah. which then produces character and then produces hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that hope, uh, it says, does not disappoint. But the but the the hope is that we we are looking to something bigger and better than what we have on this earth. Mm-hmm. You know, our hope is not in the things of this earth. It's in it's it's in. When Christ returns and he makes all things new and there's a new heavens and new earth and and we're going to be with him forever there and that's where we're going to have this ultimate consolation, this ultimate Mm -hmm. comfort. Here and now we do experience that. We do experience some of that comfort, but, but our hope is not in the things of this world. I think this also, this passage is good for believers as the body to hear together so that we know what we, what tools we have to be able to comfort other mm-hmm. people in their afflictions. And you did a great job of pointing to, pointing us to that. And just, um, even if it's not a sorrow that we have walked, mm-hmm. just knowing that we aren't here to give the advice necessarily, but to sit in the sorrow with 
with um, brothers and sisters and then to point them to Christ's comfort mm-hmm. rather than our own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get a little mixed up on that sometimes. Well, and, and I think honestly for, <clears throat> so again, when I was in the role of missions pastor, we did this thing called the, the shape assessment, mm-hmm. place assessment. For, we did the we place did both, assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Two different acronyms, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> um, so shape is like spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And But as someone that like probably walked through maybe 40 people in our congregation, 40 to 50 people, through a discussion on kind of using that acronym to determine how God's calling them to serve in ministry, I found that the experience section often was the greatest driver Mm. for like where was God going to lead them mm-hmm. in serving the heart and the experience being like, if they were passionate about it, then they were going to do it and they were going to mm-hmm. stick to it. The experience side though, often determined where were people going to serve. And often those experiences weren't positive things, but something that I, I and I was thinking about this in the back of my head as I was preparing the sermon, there were a few times where people would go, this is my experience. And they would be breaking down as we were talking about mm-hmm. it but they weren't necessarily willing to use that um, for mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. And and I think my peti- – that's kind of why I said this is my petition, <laughs> you know, to you, is that you would maybe consider how there's a greater purpose in that than just kind of letting it be pain that sits in your yep. closet for the rest of your life. Yep. Um, I think that gives me hope, um, you know, that that gives me joy that can turn the circumstance yeah. I'm into a ministry. But, but again, so, so that experience piece is huge and often it's negative experiences and, you know, I won't get in the weeds of all of them, but a lot of the ministries of our church are birthed, right? I mean, Stones Auto is like the greatest example. And, and I know Charlie wouldn't mind me sharing this, but mm-hmm. Charlie's gifting in auto ministry comes from being in a home where he lost his mother. His father was, um, not was absent at times and financially he had to not only kind of help run the household for his brother at times, but he also had to um, take care of car needs or he wasn't going to have a car. Mm -hmm. So that brought him to this place where he had this gifting. Now he has a job where he doesn't need to work on his own cars, Mm -hmm. makes plenty of money. But now he, that experience that once was, would have been considered suffering is now able to be used to million, to minister to hundreds of people a year. Yeah. And I go, what a powerful thing. That's not what's going to be for everybody, but I go like, there is that potential for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what's so interesting is just since Sunday. So we're recording this Tuesday morning, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just since Sunday, last 48 hours, I've had literally four conversations with people where they've said, this is what I'm going through. I heard what Mitch said on Sunday. How can I use this to help other people? Mm, Literally. That's awesome. Four. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And and so, um, and so I think people are already starting to think about that. Like, like what, what have I gone through? And how can that be used for the glory of God in helping other people? Mm-hmm. You know? Which praise God. I mean, I, I it's all a work of the Spirit. You can yeah. just see it. I mean, that's I don't so want to get. Em- I don't want to get emotional on the podcast, but like, no, go for it. Preach. No, <laughs> here's the no, tissues. Preaching, tissues. <laughs> pre- preaching. Preaching is fun, and it's an absolute gift. And you know, at the end of it, especially when you do these quick turnarounds, you're like, oh wow, people trust me enough to get up there in 24 hours. You know, like mm-hmm. they trust that I'm not going to blow it. Mm-hmm. You know, that like we can get through this, which is really really cool. The the most rewarding thing is, like you said, when I go to chase down one of the people that I know they've gone through some real struggle this past year, yeah, and I say, hey, I just want to let you know, like, 
you have the freedom to mourn as long as you need to. Right. And they go, oh no, I'm going to call Chris tomorrow. I want to see how I can use this to minister to people in our church. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, God's up to work in the details. You know, like yeah. there's awesome. no, that's not something you, you think of. That's not something you create. You know, you might be up there preaching, see them in the crowd and go, I want to make sure I don't want to offend them. <laughs> but yeah. you don't think about how God's going to work all those details that's out. Right. And then you see it. And then you stand in the back of the church as you watch people pray over someone in our congregation that's going through struggle. And you're I, like, praise God. Well, that's the thing. I, I think that's that's the whole thing about preaching and being part of like leading leading a, leading people in in Christian circles is yeah. you let the word mm-hmm. do the work and, the, and God works on people and and does that sort of stuff yeah. through, through the Holy Spirit. It's not like, you know, it's not like you're up there being like, you know, hammering down like, oh, you got to do it this way. Let's go, everybody. We're rallying towards this. You don't have to do that. Um, it's it, it really is God does that sort of stuff yeah. in people's hearts. It's really neat. Yeah. And that's that's just, you just praise God for that. You yeah. know, you, you know, you, you try to say the text the best you can and you, you know, you watch God work. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty special. So um, just as we close, you know, you talked about how, how do I do that? A <laughs> uh, couple, couple points you brought up. Um, first is just understanding that the suffering that you're going through does have a purpose, that it is for the glory of God, mm-hmm. right? And it's looking for, I, I think what I, I would want to sort of unpack with that though, is that, like it's looking for how does this bring glory to God? Yeah. Um, and it, it, so it, it sort of begins with a presupposition, right? That, that, one, that God is in control and that two, he loves you. <laughs> and yeah. if those two things are true, then that means that there is good purpose behind these things that ultimately is going to be for his glory. And so the questions we need to be asking ourselves is how do we bring glory to God through the things that I'm going through right now? Um, which I think is really important. Yeah. You did mention though, this idea of telling your testimony. We, we Maybe unpack that a little bit more. Um, why is our testimony... Uh, and so, so like one thing you said is not just how we came to Christ, yeah. but it, it's also including how God has ministered to you mm-hmm. in the time, right? Yeah. So why is our testimony important for people to hear in times like that? I, I mean, I think, I think for one, it, it tells people, um, your belief that God is the one that was in control of your comfort, <laughs> you know, that God was the one that rescued you from whatever situation you found yourself in. Um, I think people sometimes can see maybe you on the other side of suffering and go, wow, I'm so impressed with them and what they've done. Mm-hmm. And if you're really honest, you go, no, God carried me <laughs> yeah. through that. <laughs> yeah, And they need to hear that. So without you audibly saying that, um, they, may not, they may not assume that, you know, they really may not, they, they might assume like, wow, they really worked hard to get to where they were Mm -hmm. from that suffering they found themselves in. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, and it too, you may believe that (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. so it, it humbles yourself and it reminds you, um, to audibly tell people that like, yeah, God, God rescued me from this thing. If you're on the other side Mm -hmm. or God's carrying me through this thing, you know, if I'm going through it. And any good that I'm doing is because of God. Any comfort that I have is from Him. You're right. Um, I think. I think. I think that's that's so. So you have to share that. Yeah. I think the broader sense is just that that is a testimony. If if we were in a different church background than kind of like the um, 
like white, I'm just, well, I'll just say it this way. Like in the um, black church, mm. this is way more common. Like they would say, you even maybe heard it said like, oh, like testify, uh-huh. you know, or they'll say like, oh, here, here comes a testimony, you know, like not, not making light of it at all. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing there is they're talking about how God's showing up in their life more actively. Mm. We don't do that. We go like show up at the seminar. Okay. Here's who you were before Christ. Here's how you are in Christ. Okay. That's your testimony. Carry that with you if you ever need to share the gospel. Like, that is your testimony. Sure. That is your greatest mercy God's displayed to you. Sure. But. There are other mercies. There are these other mercies that God's displayed to you in your life that have just as much um, ability to bring glory to him. That I think, like, that is, um, yeah, I just just think that's, that's something that we need to be aware of. Yeah. I think it's important too, to, to not fall off the other side of the rail with that one because, yeah. <laughs> because, because I, not, 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 not what you're saying about like, no, you mean like the parking, sp- are you like, like the whole, like, Oh God well, well, rescued me it, from it's this. It's more like that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that if God did that for me, then he's going to do that for yeah. you. And I think we have to be careful that we're not, so this goes back to like the descriptive versus prescriptive right. idea. Like we, yeah, we, we've talked about yeah. that with scripture, you know, like, you know, is this describing something that God did or is it prescriptive of everything that God does? Right. right? Uh, and I think that's the same with our own testimony too. Like yeah. we have to approach those things when we talk to people with the caveat, like this is what God did in my life. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing in your life, but I, but the, the I do piece, know that he's good yeah. and that he's in control and you can trust him. Mm-hmm. And I would say even more than even more than say it's it's healing or say it's like being relieved from a circumstance or financial burden being lifted. I think what's even better than that is the perspective that we've been offered. Right. You know, right. and so I, that is what I would lean into for people yeah. is that God gave me um, a perspective that was um, eternal mm-hmm. versus this yeah. kind of perspective that was so focused on the circumstance I found myself in. So absolutely, Chris. Yeah. I, I don't mean to say like, yeah, yeah, take everything you do and make sure people know it and give God the glory. I mean, you, you could, and that's probably better than not, but you know, make sure when you're, 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 it, as you share about the perspective, I think people will find that that's even greater than For being sure. rescued from whatever they're dealing with. For sure. Yeah. That's good. What's the difference between a testimony and then, um, like coming to faith through the gospel, and can those be combined? Right. Well, and that we've talked about this on the podcast before, right? That um, you know, Romans ten seventeen, faith comes through hearing, mm-hmm. and hearing through the word of Christ. So the gospel is intrinsically tied to like how we come to faith in Christ. We do not come to faith in Christ without the message of the gospel. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. The the question is, is if we do give a testimony, then how do we? How do we then tie that then to the gospel, which is the message that God is using to bring people to salvation, right? Like we have to, we have to be able to do that. So I, I, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll pitch yeah. that back to you guys, like practical ideas on how to actually bring, bring the message of Christ mm-hmm. back into that. Well, I think Mitch said it. I think you and you were talking about how we lean into what God has done for me. It needs to include like the, mm-hmm. the basics too, yeah. you know, like... The Lord rescued me from this sorrow, but my my sorrow is truly um, light and momentary because I have an eternal hope and glory, yeah. and I only have that because Christ earned it on my behalf, and I don't even have to do anything to earn it. I can just rest in Him and know that He's done it. And yeah, um, so like again, I think verse five, the the kind of the bridge verse between those yeah. two sections, is where Paul really 
spells this out where he says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in his comfort too. If you, um, you may have a note like in your ESV Bible that kind of gives an alternative translation for that, Mm -hmm. where it says, or for as the suffering of Christ abounds for us, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Yeah. So I I do um, lean kind of into the... And and really quick, just to explain... That's that's saying that there's what's called a textual variance mm-hmm. in the manuscripts and in the uh, the many 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 copies that we have of this yeah. book of Second Corinthians that some say the first one and then some say the second one and how it's worded or and translated can be um, understood somewhat differently. So so yeah. yeah. So go ahead and explain then what that yeah. might mean. So so um. What does it mean to share abundantly in Christ's suffering mm-hmm. would be the question. Well, I think it's fair to say that he's talking about suffering for Christ because that's what the entire passage is about, mm-hmm. 1 through 7. I don't actually probably personally think, though, that's what he's talking about in verse 5. Mm-hmm. I think in verse 5 he's actually referencing um, that we share in Christ's suffering through baptism, mm-hmm. um, that we you are— Join him in a yeah, death Yeah, we join like him in that death. Yeah. Um, I think that's what he's referencing. So that is, um, again, where the source of power is to able to be comforted. <laughs> why do, why does comfort abound through Christ? You're because united. You, you're united with him in suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I'm like, I'm, I, I, you guys know me. I'm not a guy often that's like, Hey, non-believer, if you're here, hear this. <laughs> but this one, I'm like, this whole sermon doesn't really this whole perspective, this whole worldview does not really apply to you apart from what Christ has done. Being united yes, in Christ. Yes, being united in Christ yeah. um, in death and new life. And so so that, so that hinge verse is so important because it's really, that's how we know it's by the work of Christ. I think in verse 5, that's what Paul means. Mm-hmm. Um, more, I think it's 100% fair to say he's talking about suffering for Christ because that's what he says in all the other verses. Yeah. So you're not going to run into a problem by saying that. But I think more than anything, he's actually talking, um, he's almost drawing upon um, baptism, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the picture of being um, dead with Christ and raised a new life. Mm. Or like the prophets, he's doing both. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it very well could be. But mm-hmm. I, I really think I, I really think that it's it's a bridge between six and seven where he just repeats the same things he said in verse three and four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it kind of bridges those two is what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mitch, um, great job on Sunday. That was uh, really cool to see how God worked through you. Um, so last minute like that, it was uh, really cool, really cool. And and to see so much uh, fruit from it as well, um, to hear so much fruit from it as well, just in, the, in these last few days is awesome. Um, and I do want to want to say too, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you've been maybe thinking through your own suffering, mm-hmm. uh, your own affliction, things that, that God has has brought you through, uh, maybe it's time to start thinking about how to then start to use that for the glory of God in serving other people and helping other people. And I think um, there's plenty of opportunity. Uh, one of the things I know, Ariel, you know, when we taught through membership class and and um, and all kinds of stuff, that there's always this idea that um, the church needs mm. your gifts. Yeah. The church needs you. We you, need your ministry. Yeah. yeah. There's some there's something that you can uniquely provide to the church, whether you believe that or not. Okay, like this is this is 
from scripture here. We we need you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you bring something unique to the table that, that the church needs. Um, and so begin to pray about that and to think through what it is that you can bring to the table and how you are going to minister to uh, the church and to the people uh, around you. So something something to think about and pray about this week. Yeah, I would just add to that, that if you are um, someone who is still sitting in the sorrow, like Mitch mm-hmm. said, where you just mm-hmm. need that, that time to grieve, um, let someone know. If you're not in a D group or if you don't have a, a circle of friends within the church, um, let someone on staff know because we would love to, we meaning not me anymore, but I would. I would. Well, you, I, I am of included. Course you would. Yeah. I'm included. She wouldn't like to, but we'll I do would it. love to. I would love to. We. I mean, every one of these people, I know that they would love to sit in your sorrow with you and just encourage you. And we have a whole um, ministry of biblical counseling who yeah. um, who loves to do that mm-hmm. to sit with you in your That's in right. your uh, moment of grief. So um, don't be silent. Yes. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening this week. Uh, we are going to be, um, you know, Lord willing, we'll be back to uh, what Scott was going to preach on uh, this last week. Jesus He'll be doing that culture. this week. Yeah, so talking about truth. So, so we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the Lord may have other plans, so, yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's the plan at this point. And so we're looking forward to that. And so we'll be talking about all that stuff next time on the Sunday Recap. We'll see you guys then. Mm-hmm.